In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. Welcome to Light of the Southwest. I'm Amy Cooper, and I'm here with someone you've seen before, but not the other one. So you're going to enjoy this program. I know because I'm going to enjoy this program. Welcome back to GLC. Melissa Harris with Bridges for Peace. And this time you brought a guest with you. Mm -hmm. This is Lenny Allen. Mm -hmm. He is also with Bridges for Peace. Mm -hmm. Actually, you told me you've been here before. I was here twice before. But with my parents. Several years ago, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you here with John Anthony? I was here with John Anthony, okay. and I was here also with Bill Adams one time. So. Ah, okay. So it's been like a, a little over a year and a half since you were here, right? And it was so great. But your 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 position and what you're doing, I would say, for Bridges for Peace mm-hmm. has changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've got you busier than ever now. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm doing now uh, is working with our partners, so all across the United States, and I'm calling our partners and praying for them and encouraging them. And I get to do them. that with our partners, so you know what? <laughs> I know that you're loving that. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. You know why? Because they inspire me. Exactly. And oftentimes, I'll be on the phone with somebody, and they suddenly start gushing about how thankful they are to be able to give to Bridges for Peace mm-hmm. because they're feeling the blessing of God. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got this love that God has instilled in their heart uh, for Israel and the Jewish people, and there's real things that they're doing. And they know that their money is, is going to certain projects and, and it's affecting real lives. And I, I've even had a man weep on the phone with thankfulness. And, and that just it humbles me and inspires me. So it really is a joy. It really gives you um, such a, a great understanding of how God connects people's hearts yes. to what He wants to do. Yes. And um, it's just phenomenal. And I find that it only grows. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, somebody gets a revelation that Israel's important to God. And it doesn't go away. It's life-changing. Yes. It changes how, how you view everything. When you mm-hmm. really realize how important Israel is, mm-hmm. how important Jerusalem is mm-hmm. to God, yeah. to the church, not just to the Jewish people, but to the church, mm-hmm. to our future. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a, a different perspective on history mm-hmm. as you're as you're learning about things in the, in the the spiritual connotations and the fight against 
good and evil and, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and changes also, everything. And also I think that it, it helps you to realize that we have a role in history, mm -hmm. you know, because we see the prophetic all throughout the Older Testament and then we see that God has ordained these days, these very momentous days that we're living in, and we've got a role in them. And Isn't so we that can, amazing? Yeah, mm -hmm. so we can place ourselves right in the but Bible. But we also realize, too, that, you know, along beside the church, and even before the church, Israel has always had a role and a destiny. In other words, they're a miracle nation, God's miracle nation. They were birthed by a miracle. They uh, existed by a miracle. They were rebirthed in 48 by a miracle, and they're destined by a miracle, you know? And so even though the Jewish people would say, oy vey, let him choose somebody else for a while, we're tired. God chose them, you know? And therefore they are an enigma shrouded mm -hmm. in, in uh, mystery and misunderstanding, okay? And because God is the Almighty God, known by the world from the Jewish people. He's the creator, he's the sustainer, and he brings everyone to accountability. Then the nations who don't want to have anything to do with accountability, therefore hates Israel, mm -hmm. you know? And thus, why anti-Semitism, you know? So. You know that was such a great point that you made about the history of Israel and the future of Israel. How they're always going to be the apple of God's eye. Mm -hmm. You're never going to get to replace them. Right. And just what has happened with the Jewish people and the state of Israel should have the church just cheering for every victory that our God has made so evident for every time that he has been proven to be true to his word internationally, where people can't deny. Right. Like even the wars that they've been through since 1948, miraculous wars mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. even the U.S. military recognizes those had to be miraculous yeah well just look That's amazing last year was a momentous year it should have been for the whole world but definitely for israel definitely we, for the we church. celebrated yes we celebrated with them with their 70th year of independence and statehood mm -hmm. not only that but our president moved our embassy to jerusalem and it's really interesting because, let, let me read a scripture to you, okay? okay? This is Joel, and Joel talks about here, he says, In those days and at that time, okay, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Well, President Trump's moving our embassy to Jerusalem gave credibility to Israel's not only as statehood, but Jerusalem and their ability and, and right to control their own future, okay? And to stand as a nation. But also, 
Jerusalem has become to the world and Israel a dividing line between God and the nations. Ooh, just like Scripture said. Exactly. Uh -huh. They're the line of demarcation there. And what uh, President Trump did by being the first nation to move our embassy to Jerusalem, he made accountable all the other nations that they're going to have to step forward now mm -hmm. and say yay or nay. They can't just remain silent or anything. And so we read this, it says, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will enter into judgment against them concerning my inheritance, my people Israel, for they scattered my people among the nations and divided up my land. And then you come back over here to verse 12 and it says, let the nations be roused, let them advance into the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all the nations on every side. Okay? And it says, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Jehoshaphat means the Lord judges. And what we see here is God is compelling all the nations now, they're not going to be able to remain silent. You're going to have to make a choice. Okay, and I'm going to judge your choice. Matter of fact, I'm going to bring you into kind of a valley of decision here, and you're not going to be able to get out of this valley until you make the decision. And then I will judge that decision. And so that's what we're seeing now, just from what took place with the move to, uh, by the president. You know, and not only that, but enabled us to come back to being a sheep nation rather than a goat nation. Mm -hmm. So. You know, I'm really glad that you addressed that because it wasn't even 48 hours ago where I saw some, someone asking the question or making a snide little comment about why it's even important that President Trump moved the embassy to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And you gave a really great answer on that, one well, I've never heard before. God has one foreign policy statement, and He said it to Abraham. He says, I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing, mm -hmm. okay? And through you, all peoples of the world be blessed, which is the Messiah portion. But He also gave His one foreign policy statement. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. So. You know, I had a Jewish man point out to me one time that that little part about I will bless those who bless you, and we quote it as, and I will curse those who curse you. He says, actually what it says is, I will bless those who bless you, and those who curse you, I will curse. And the order of the words, slightly different, but what it shows is God's character. I will bless those who bless you, God is always quick to bless. Amen. Mm -hmm. Even before. Mm -hmm. If He just knows we're going to do it, He's going to do yeah, that. That's right. But on the reverse side of that, and those who curse you, I will curse. So God's action comes after the fact on that one. Mm -hmm. Why? Because God's always patient. Mm -hmm. That's He's good. He's always patient. And He will wait and wait and mm -hmm. wait and give us a chance even when we're doing what we're not supposed to be doing. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I know that this is why GLC is important, why Bridges for Peace is important, why anybody who is teaching the truth uh -huh. about the church's relationship to the Jewish people and to the state of Israel mm -hmm. is fundamental. But there is even my dad. His mind was changed 
when he learned the truth. Mm -hmm. He was replacement theology at mm -hmm. one point, mm -hmm. and the next thing you know, he was repenting, and everything about GLC changed, and what GLC started doing changed. Mm -hmm. Wow. Because he made that decision. Hmm. You know, Amy, uh, you brought something to mind when you talked about the sequence of God is the blesser first and the curser last. I, I found so often, and even in my own life, um, God is patient, and oftentimes we go through a time of trial, we go through a time of crisis and brokenness, mm -hmm. you know, and in our sin or whatever ha might have happened to us, and then God starts to reveal His heart to us when we seek Him for our healing. Mm -hmm. and, and not only does He heal our own hearts, but then He shows us His heart his mm -hmm. heart for Israel. Mm -hmm. And so you're right, he gives us that patience because he knows that he's gonna take us through this and he's gonna give us a chance not to continue to curse Israel. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, God is a patient God. <laughs> well, he has to be because he's put up with a lot of nonsense <laughs> from the church for 2000 years <laughs> while we were actually allowing, sometimes even participating in the persecution of the Jewish people. Right, right. So much right. so that today, there's so many who, they don't wanna have anything to do with any Christians at all because of what they have uh, suffered firsthand, what they've heard about us. And this is where Bridges for Peace comes in because you guys are Boots on the ground, doing so many different things in Israel mm -hmm. to show the Jewish people, you know what? We're scripturally, this is what we're called to be to you. Mm -hmm. And forgive us. Mm -hmm. We're here to help you. Mm -hmm. And there, there's a new era of yeah. Christian. Yep that want to come along beside you. Because right. we understand that Israel has a role yep. and the church has a role. That's right. You know, it's not one cancels out the no, other. No, they're parallel you know, roles. Parallel, they're actually like two sides of a train track headed toward the same destination. Mm -hmm. They're complementary, not uh, contradictory. Right. You know, one doesn't take the place of the other. God's got two covenant people. And I'm not talking dual covenant here. God has a people who is a called out nation to the nations, Israel, mm -hmm. okay? And he has a people in and among all the nations, the church building communities of faith where we are. Now one has come into the fullness of covenant understanding and embraced it. The other hasn't come into the fullness of covenant understanding as yet, but will because God keeps covenant That's right. to a thousand generations. So you've got a nation and a people. And we're called, as the Hebrews would say, to be yad biyad, hand in hand, mm -hmm. walking together. Mm -hmm. And so that's the work of Bridges for Peace, is to help connect Christians and the church to understanding Israel and come along beside them as God is restoring them now. Mm -hmm. And the prophets say it's a threefold restoration process. And Israel talks about redemption all the time. One, it's a returning, mm -hmm. according to the prophets. Mm -hmm. Two, uh, rebuilding the places long devastated. 
and raising up the ancient ruins. Right. And three, redemption coming full and complete. And so we're there mm -hmm. to aid them in their return, to aid them in their rebu rebuilding, mm -hmm. okay, to help them come into a place where the Lord's redemption can come full and complete mm -hmm. to them like He's promised. And, and we're doing that really from the, the foundation, the basis of reconciliation. Exactly. Because we're coming at it with understanding, like you were saying, of all these centuries of Christian anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. And so now we understand that Jewish people are often very suspicious of Christians. The sign of the cross can be a sign of, of a curse to them. And so... Uh, we recognize that there was an offense that took place and, and it's us, the Christians, who are taking overt action to repair that and to um, soothe the hostility, to bring um, a new relationship, a new perspective of who Christians are, and then to come alongside one another in true friendship and showing the unconditional love of Jesus. So. Um, all of these things we recognize prophetically are happening and Bridges for Peace is um, coming with the foundation of reconciliation. And so we call ourselves a Matthew 25 ministry. Because if you understand that we as Westerners, we more often than not speak that which we believe, okay? Through catechisms, through doctrines. The Jewish people never would. The Jewish people, uh, if, if a rabbi was to ask a Westerner, what do you believe, we would tell him, okay? Or if, if a Westerner was to ask a Westerner, we'd tell him. But if a rabbi would, he never would. He'd follow you around a month, okay? <laughs> and he'd watch Ooh, you. Actions speak okay? a little bit louder than words, eh? <laughs> he would follow you around a month, and then he would watch mm -hmm. what you do at a particular time in a particular place, in a particular circumstance, because our mind functions in three dimensions. Mm -hmm. And what you do at that time, in that place, in that circumstance, He will tell you what, what, you, believe. what you believe. And so in mm -hmm. Matthew 25, it says, you know, wherever you find my brothers, you be for them what they need you to be. Give them a glass of water, visit them in prison, clothe them, and nothing there is a, quote, spiritual thing. It's all physical. You come along beside them, you love them, you aid them, you walk with them. And in that, the love of the Lord is seen. So. When was the last time you were in Israel? Oh, I was just there a couple months ago. I got back. I was there for four weeks, and I, I returned the middle of I'm June. I'm getting so. really super jealous now. <laughs> Well, I wanted you to come with me. I well, invited you. Yes, well, that, that's <laughs> I know not you're really a, a happening busy. thing right now. Four weeks. Mm -hmm. Four weeks in Israel. So what did you do for four weeks in Israel? Oh, I'd love to tell you all about it. Do we have the next couple hours? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I went for the Institute for Israel Studies. Okay. It is a training that Bridges for Peace puts on uh, for potential volunteers who are going to become representatives, and they come from... Uh, I think we had 10 countries um, that participated in the Institute for Israel Studies this time. And it's a mix of young people, our you know, 18 to 30-year-old zealous um, program, as well as uh, volunteers who are already 
serving in Israel and then people who would, who would come like me um, for training. And that was 10 days of very intensive sitting under rabbis, um, the IDF, uh, going to the Knesset, um, just, just learning a lot about Is Israeli culture, society, um, and how it is that Bridges for Peace is building relationships in all sectors of Israeli society. Right. And, and that's, I think, what I was most impressed with was do to you, see. Do you have to agree to work for Bridges for Peace to be able to come to that? It sounds fabulous. No. Well, I invited you to come <laughs> next year. Let's go together. Okay. Um, you are a fabulous advocate for Bridges for Peace, Amy. Very yeah. much so. And, and we thank you so much. I don't for really that. think about that. It's just so natural to mm -hmm. get behind what Bridges for Peace does. You know. Yeah, I can see that in you. You, you totally are with us. We're we're soul sisters. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you a little bit more of, of what I did? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you still got Jerusalem prayer breakfast and a couple other right. things. Right. So. Well, before yeah. uh, the institute started, I rented a car and I drove throughout Israel for my very first time You're, all by myself. You were super brave. I went up to the Galilee. And I met with some Christian friends, some Messianic Jews, and uh, I just had a really um, great time relating with them as a Bridges for Peace person, um, a fellow Christian, and, and realizing that Bridges for Peace has got a great reputation all throughout the Messianic world. Mm -hmm. Everyone I talked to, they knew Bridges for Peace, they loved our mission. Of course, all of our missions are a little bit different because God calls us believers in Yeshua, you know, in different forms of blessing Israel. But it was wonderful to see that kind of um, affirmation and that, um, that love that people have for Bridges for Peace. So uh, after I spent some time in the Galilee and went to the Institute, uh, I was so privileged to attend the Jerusalem prayer breakfast. Wow. And Lenny was there, and Jim Solberg, and several of our Bridges for Peace leaders from the different countries came. And this room was filled with uh, leaders that you would know, you know, from TV, Christian leaders from all over the world were there. And nobody was treated more special than any other. We were just scattered all over the room. They didn't seat us in tables by our ministries, so we all got to know each other. And there was just this incredible, um, just this foundational uh, cry of prayer and of worship. It was, it was so very moving and it was spontaneous and it would happen throughout the entire five hours. Uh, people would just start praising God. It was an incredible time. Um, I think there were 70 nations there, mm -hmm. you know, which is prophetic. And uh, the Jewish people that were there were, were visibly moved by the Christians' love for them and our prayers for them. One of the uh, Knesset um, MPs, uh, her name is Orit, she's from uh, Benny Gantz Blue and White Party, she spoke. And um, she told us she, she was just overwhelmed by the outpouring of love from the Christians. Yeah, this was actually put on by the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus in Jerusalem. And so uh, we have worked with them quite a bit from the very beginning, and so mm. have been a part of this. So, but it was amazing because it was the Jewish people calling this together, and yet it was predominantly Christians from all over the world that had come for this uh, the second Jerusalem prayer breakfast now. Mm -hmm. 
So, so there was just this prophetic coming together again of the Jew and the Gentile. Um, so I, I'm really to struck too by the fact that last year Israel hit its 70th anniversary mm -hmm. of being back as a, a, a nation that we see, right. although God says they never ceased to be a nation before exactly. him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he saw them as a nation while they were still mm -hmm. scattered about. Here it is, 70 years yeah. for that, and all 70 nations, 70 nations represented at that, right, right. you know, and, and there's, there's something very prophetic about 70, that. 70, the number of completeness. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And God's the fact that, they, that they had yeah. the yeah. first Jerusalem prayer breakfast on their 70th year, mm -hmm. and last year they had 70 nations mm -hmm. as well represented. And then after the prayer breakfast, I was able to volunteer for Bridges for Peace, both in our food bank, at our Jerusalem Assistance Center, and at headquarters. Wow. So that rounded out my trip. And of course, I had to go to Netanya to the beach, to the Mediterranean oh, for, for some R&R &R after all that. <laughs> so you started with R&R &R at the Sea of Galilee and then ended with R&R &R at Netanya. That's right. Yeah. God is good. You know, God loves it when we go visit his land. Oh, he does. This yeah. was my seventh trip, and I feel like, this is what I always tell people, if you go to Israel, Jesus will be your personal tour guide. And not only will he be your tour guide, but he will give you a gift. Every time I go to Israel, I feel like he's giving me a gift because he loves it when we visit his land. And I he's love, pleased with us. I love what uh, Cheryl Hauer, our uh, uh uh, Vice President of Bridges for Peace International. She said the Lord told her the first time that she went to Israel, she says, whenever you come to my land, you always come as a learner. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not there to espout all that you know. You're there to learn. Yeah. So have that spirit. I, I think that he deals with each of us individually mm -hmm. when it comes to the land of Israel. No, exactly. You know, and... Some of us, it's just to um, give us a greater, a greater love and a greater understanding of what he loves, a greater appreciation for what he loves. Some of us, it's to correct us. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was in Jerusalem that, that my parents were corrected on their former replacement mm -hmm. theology thing. So in the old city plaza. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, Jerusalem is called the furnace, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So correction happens there too. And when I say correction, people always, you know, discipline, correction. We don't like that. We don't like those words. But I don't even hesitate to point out that God says, that the father who doesn't correct your child actually hates them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when God brings discipline and correction to us, we have to look at him as the heavenly father who right. loves us. Right. And the only reason that he ever brings discipline or correction is because he knows that what's going on is going to ultimately destroy us, not just harm us, right. it's gonna destroy us. And it's such a great thing that God loves us so much that when it comes to the Jewish people and to the land of Israel, things that he loves, 
Jerusalem, the city of the great king. That he wants us to have that same love that he has. That we appreciate things more because he allows us to understand more. That he allows us to understand and, and see mm -hmm. the importance of the Jewish people. The importance of his never changing word. His faithfulness. And that's what the land and the people represent. God's faithfulness to mankind. Mm -hmm. And it's like man... So of all of the things that you got to do, I really don't think that you can even narrow it down to what was your favorite. <laughs> That's pretty hard. Man, no, I'm I, in awe of that trip. How much of that trip were you on? Because she said you were at that Jerusalem prayer breakfast. I was breakfast. there for a week. I came in for the Jerusalem prayer breakfast and for our senior leaders okay. from all over the different nations that come in okay. uh, for that. So I was supposed to be there actually with her to host the, uh, our U.S. contingency for the Israel Institute, but uh, some things shifted right at the last minute. So That happens. Okay, mm -hmm. so what were the three things that you told us you got to participate in, the food bank and what and what, and tell us about that and all the things that BFP mm -hmm. is doing now. Mm -hmm. It's just incredible. Mm -hmm. Who can keep up with it? Yes, yes, things, things definitely are changing and they're growing. Um, and the relationships uh, with the Jewish people are really deepening. They're, they're um, pretty prolific, I think. Uh, so I was at the food bank, and I was just packaging food, and we've got some pictures, actually. Actually, we've got a couple of videos and oh, good. Some, some pictures to show. But uh, at the food bank, we were packaging food, and um, they have a, an order for a certain town or a certain community. So what we are doing is bringing food into 55 different communities in That's Israel. That's a lot of communities. 49 of them are Jewish, six mm -hmm. of them are Arab. Wow. And we're working with 18 towns from the Galilee to the Negev. Exactly. We work with the mayors and the social service agency to get the food to the very neediest. And so we'll have an order for a certain community and then the volunteers will get to work and they'll pull the oil and the tuna and the sugar and the and the noodles and all the different things that go into a dry package. And they'll pull the things that go into the cold package, the dairy and the dairy products and the chicken and the vegetables and the fruit. And, and there we go. That's exactly what we were doing. And then we'll load them all on a pallet and that'll shrink wrap the pallet and then we'll pray over that pallet. And, and that's Melissa praying. There, right there I am. <laughs> Um, and some of our young people from our Zealous 8 to 18 to 30-year-old uh, project are there praying. And these people are truly are zealous. And their prayers are beautiful. And they're praying that as the Jewish people receive this food, they're also going to receive the love of Christians. Oh. And every single one of the package packages that the Jewish person or family will receive has a note in there from Bridges for Peace saying this is from Christians who love you, who support <laughs> you, who pray for you, who bless you, who wish you the very best. And so it was wonderful to be a part of that. And then I was going to go on a, on a trip, on a delivery down to the south, to the desert. And that, uh, that uh, kind of went by the wayside because the truck kind of broke down. Uh, on our way, so we were getting close to Bet Shemesh, 
and uh, we had to had turn around and come back. Well, at least it wasn't but too far from <laughs> Jerusalem, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, when I was at the headquarters, people had uh, sewn handmade quilts and handmade bags for the Jewish people, for Holocaust survivors, for new immigrants. And so my job was to wrap them up and make them look beautiful. Aww. So I put bows and ribbons on them and, and get them ready to be given as gifts to the Jewish people. So. You know, I, I'm just thinking, I just can't even imagine um, the amount of work it takes to do everything you guys are doing. And the, not, not to mention the finances. I mean, a truck breaks down. I know everybody here in America gets their car fixed for free, but not so much in Israel, right? No. <laughs> and we do have right. a vehicle fund. Right. Do you really? We've got, yes, we've got How many, many trucks funds. do you have? Do you have any idea how many delivery trucks and vehicles that are in your I'm, small little armory? I would guess we've got maybe four or five. Four or five, delivery yeah. Delivery trucks. I don't think there's any more than that, oh. though. So you don't have a whole armada? No. 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 Not at all. No. But you're serving that many communities. We're serving that 18 many communities. communities. 18, mm -hmm. 18 towns, 55 communities, um, 22,000 people plus every month are receiving our food. But you know, there's so, and that's so like many from 50 more. 50 to 70 tons of food a month. Wow. Right. So. There's so many more needy that, uh, that could be served. How? But a lot of people, excuse, just, no, what a lot of people don't understand is that though Israel is a first world nation, because of the constant flow of new immigration, making Aliyah, that they have a 25% poverty level, you know, and because they have to put so much of their budget into military defense, that actually uh, works to enable a, a, a window for Christians to come along beside them and say, let us fill in some of the blanks here that you're having trouble with. And so we're able to do that for them with the poor and for the needy and those that are coming in from Aliyah to help them get established uh, in their homes, in their kitchens, in, in every part of their life there. You so. know, as you're saying, Israel has to um, budget so much towards their military. Mm -hmm. It's like, People just have to stop and think, well, wait, is it so that they can have a really great military like the United States? Well, no. It's for it's existence. <laughs> it's so that they can survive because they're surrounded by enemies. Every young man, every young woman, into the military you go. Exactly. Right? And some of them serve two years, some of them mm -hmm. serve three, some of them will stay in for life, mm -hmm. but everyone's required to do that. I also know that just because they're in the military doesn't mean that they have a lot of fluff. So when you're talking about the, the money that Israel has to give to the military, it's just for the single most important things exactly. that they have to have, right? Mm -hmm. So as you point out, super great opportunity because, well, I know God could sell a few herds of cattle on that hill over there mm -hmm. and take care of a whole lot more stuff him himself. But he doesn't do that because he wants, just like the Valley of Jehoshaphat, mm -hmm. he wants the Christians 
To be a blessing. To be a blessing, and he's giving them opportunities to be a blessing. So and it's to like, build oh, that relationship. That's right. That's exactly right. Because it's all about it's relationship. Heart. It's God's yeah. heart. God wants to bless us, so he's providing us exactly the opportunity. And it to knits bless them. our hearts with them. See, mm -hmm. to develop a friendship, you got to spend time with someone. Mm -hmm. You've got to show them your real character. Mm -hmm. And like you said, that rabbi following them around, that's mm -hmm. not what they're saying. No. It's what they're, they're doing. doing. Right? So I can sit with you all day long and tell you how fabulous I am. But until you followed me around and, and you see, you're going to see either yes or no. And that's what opens up the conversations. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. because in Israel, uh, it's against the law uh, to do conversions, okay? Yeah, you can't, you can't proselytize okay? over there. You can't there. proselytize or we'd be kicked out of the nation That's right. as an organization, you know? And you know what? There are a lot of, well, two. There's two organizations I know of that um, will catch flack from the church over that. BFP for one, mm -hmm. KUFI, John Hakey's ministry, right. because you're not actively trying to proselytize convert somebody mm -hmm. right. right right and it's not against just to clarify it's not against the law to proselytize but it is to do that and give out food exactly exactly because right. then you're coercion right okay right here I'll give you these graham crackers if you'll accept Jesus. <laughs> or if you'll attend this meeting. Right. You know, right. You'll, you'll mm -hmm. attend this talk. So we're, but if you've got a relationship, yes. then you talk about everything, how you feel, what you believe, why you're there, mm -hmm. you know, and they want to know. Mm -hmm. And because you have built some legitimacy and integrity with them in your relationship, that they know you're not there just because you want to convert them, you know? You know, one of the things that's really important is that we've had such a long history of doing wrong towards the Jewish people in their eyes mm -hmm. that I think it's really quite amazing that God has raised up a, a few little organizations mm -hmm. for Christians to join in with mm -hmm. who consistently do what they say they're going to do with the Jewish people mm -hmm. in front of the Jewish people so the Jewish people can watch what they're doing. Right. And the Jewish people can actually come to an understanding of, okay, well, maybe, maybe, just maybe, all Christians aren't really horrible Nazis. Because we have to remember that the Nazis were sending people to incineration. And most Jews believe that, right. most Jews believe that Hitler was a, a Christian. Christian. Exactly. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is shocking to us. Well, it shouldn't be shocking to us, except that most people don't understand anything really about Martin Luther, big man in the, in the mm -hmm. uh, Protestant mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. But when you start looking at the end of his history, right. it was not good. It was horrible. He vilified <laughs> the Jewish mm -hmm. people. And 
he was the great motivator for Hitler. That's right. So it's like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think it's just really incredible that God has raised up bridges for peace. How do you guys, do you even know, how you come up with the, with the different programs, the different services that you do for people? How, how does that come well, about? Well, I, I can give my answer. Lenny probably knows he's been around a little bit longer. How long have you been with him? I've been with Bridges over 15 years. Wow. So. But, uh, but I think it's uh, the fact that we've been there for so long. We've been in Israel for 50 years. 50 years. And the organization started in 1976. So as we have uh, been there and as we've been working on the ground, like you said, boots on the ground with the Jewish people, getting involved in their, their own crises, right? The, the wars and the victims of terror, you know, the, the new immigrants that are coming in. So our people have a heart of compassion and the Lord shows us, you know, what we can do to help in any given um, Matter of fact, even when the, when the wars began, you know, we're there bringing food to them up in the shelters. And then when the world's wars are not there, we're helping repair the shelters. Repair the bomb shelters, you know, We're right. providing ambulances for them because mm -hmm. of all the terror attacks and the wars, as well as- What terror uh, attacks? You never hear about that on never. the news. Mm -mm, mm -mm. So really it's based on the need, mm -hmm. Matthew 25. If you see them, they need a cup of water, you give them a cup of water. You know, if they need bread, you give them bread. You know, and in the, in the hospital, you visit them. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's really based on the need there. Right, and, and the opportunity. And the opportunity that opens up mm -hmm. so that you can prove more your integrity, that you're there as a friend, you don't have a hidden agenda. You want to walk with them. You know, and I think it too, it must be just God's favor that um, he has given us mm -hmm. these inroads to he be able to develop you with favor each project. As a shield. Mm -hmm. yeah. For me, he surrounds you with favor as a shield. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. It, but this is all God's plan. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I know. So I, I pastored in Dallas for 18 years, and we were in the heart of the Dallas Jewish community, which is 60,000. And we knew that we wanted to build a bridge to the Jewish community, and the common ground was not Jesus. <laughs> The common ground was Israel, mm -hmm. you know, right. and so we built our relationship with the Jewish community uh, based on we're rallying around Israel with you, okay? Uh, but it was, it took 20 years to build that integrity with them before they would totally then begin to open their arms to you, you know? Before that, they'll do everything they can to test you to see if time. you're real or not. Right. You know, if you get offended and walk away, or if you're here because it's really your heart. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it takes time, it takes patience, it takes diligence, mm -hmm. and it takes that integrity of showing the unconditional love mm -hmm. and that we are who we say we are. You know, there's been a lot of incendiary balloons that uh, yes, that's an have been coming over since the Gaza, from the Gaza Strip, heartbreak. and that's mm -hmm. been going on for well over a year now. Mm -hmm. You never hear about that in the news either. So what happens is they take like bags and soak them in fuel, mm -hmm. tie them to a balloon or two, and off they go into Israel. They mm -hmm. float them over there. They set everything on fire. We've got vineyards being yeah. burned down. Southern and all, Israel's you know, just... What, what do you do when you got fire coming in? Animals being burned alive, mm -hmm. and I saw one where they had tied that to a hawk 
And uh, I'm not crazy about hawks, but that was not good. No. Mm. So, so has Bridges for Peace been involved in any of the? Um, what happens? What happens to well, the you saw, people? You saw the fires. Yes. That's come out of that. Yes. And uh, one complete town. Where where was the town? Melissa, um, you remember? Mevo Modain. Yes. Actually, we've got a little video if you oh, want to yeah, show. Oh yes. He wants to show the yes. video of how Bridges for Peace mm -hmm. stepped in. Uh, during that crisis. Coolness. This is it. I'm standing in front of the burnt-out house of Bracha and Shalem. He was one of the original founders of this community. He was great friends with Shlomo Karlibach. And you see now that his house is totally destroyed, like 40 or 50 other houses in this community. And we're here because, as Christians at Bridges for Peace, we're on the ground and we have chosen to stand with Israel in tough times. So today we're comforting, we're listening to their stories, and we're doing what we can. We asked them, what do you need? What do you really need? And they said, we lost all of our laptops. We would really love to have laptops. So we're going to buy, buy laptops. We need your help to pay for those laptops. We're going to be standing with this community going forward. Right now they're in temporary shelter. They don't need or, or want the big things that will be going back into their homes after they're replaced. But sooner or later, they're gonna need washing machines and refrigerators and air conditioners. And I hope that we at Bridges for Peace and Christians all over the world, that we'll be the ones that stand with them and say, yes, we will be there in your time of need. Never before in Israel's history has a whole town been burnt and destroyed. All the infrastructure is gone, all the plumbing, all the electric, everything is gone. It's going to be months before they're able to move back in. You hear them right in the background now singing praises to God. This is the heart of this community and we can join them as believers in the same God. Join them in their time of need. Thank you. Hashtag rebuild the Moshav. It's ugly. The Crisis Assistance Fund um, that Bridges for Peace offers the people to be able to give to um, helps with things just exactly what you were saying is the fires that are started um, from the border of Gaza. We have uh, purchased fire trailers, uh, trailers of waters that will go out there and quickly put out the fires before they become huge. We purchased a couple of Medi bikes. So these mm -hmm. are ambulances on uh, motorcycles. motorcycles right. We've purchased two ambulances. And then this fire happened while I was there. So it was just a couple of months ago. And as the video shows, the one thing that they really needed was laptop computers so that they could connect with the world again, so that they could um, continue with their, their livelihood with their businesses. And so our crisis uh, assistance fund, there's a picture we have too of Lenny mm -hmm. uh, with an ambulance. I don't know if he, he can show that one. Uh, but that's, that's one of those um, funds, you know, there that is. 
probably always being used because there's always something going on in Israel. And there you yeah, are, We Lynn. provided uh, 50 uh, computers to one for every household of the homes that were destroyed by the fire there. You so. know, you don't think about stuff like that because what is it, uh, walking a mile in somebody else's shoes? Mm -hmm. You just have no idea. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, and most of the time, if something happens to you, mm -hmm. well, it didn't happen to your next door neighbor mm -hmm. or it didn't happen mm -hmm. to your best friend or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But when you are talking about a whole community being wiped out, mm -hmm. you can't do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. There is no help, mm -hmm. which is why the crisis fund mm -hmm. was established in the first place mm -hmm. so that you guys Mm -hmm. Can you I get think your, your key phrase there was walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. Right. And that's basically what we're trying to do. Let us walk in your shoes and ride along beside your mm -hmm. shoes. Mm -hmm. you know? And there's for the opportunities for what is our projects mm -hmm. come about. So. And for that particular fund for this, the fires that just happened in this community, we're going to be needing to help them as they rebuild their mm -hmm. homes. Oh. Washers mm -hmm. and dryers and furniture and electrical and all of that. So we'll continue to help them walk alongside during that crisis. You know, I want people to understand the importance of already having a, a relationship established with the Jewish people when a crisis happens. It's that much quicker mm -hmm. and that you can get your boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. But there's all, there, the trust is already established. Exactly. And that's what, one reason why we call ourselves bridges for peace. A bridge has two sides, mm -hmm. you know. And we, one side is into Israel and the Jewish community worldwide. The other side is into the church because we are the church. You know, we're saying, look, we have built integrity. We have walked with them for 50 years. Come, let us help you walk across our bridge, a bridge of integrity, and therefore you can be received and be able to establish your own ministry and work and walk with the Jewish people. You know, I was yeah. having this little mental picture about the bridge that is built. Mm -hmm. And I picture it like this because each, whatever you want to build a bridge out of, whether it's mm -hmm. brick or wood or, right. or whatever, steel, every dollar helps build a little piece of that bridge to get it going over, right? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that that dollar is always right there because a dollar gets used up. So it's like a piece falling mm -hmm. out and you got to put another piece in there mm -hmm. to keep it going. Mm -hmm. The only way for bridges for peace, for mm -hmm. that bridge to actually be continuous is to have the people all over the world, really, because it's a lot when you're talking about so many people. Well, you're talking about feeding 22,000, and that's not uh, elegant seven-course meals, mm -hmm. but just helping them to survive. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of people mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So... That's why it's important. You gotta keep the bridge going, you know? As one soldier falls out, you gotta send mm -hmm. another one in. Mm -hmm. Hopefully two. Right. Right? Right. And our partners are actually our hands and feet with us mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. to 
continue to build the bridge. And, you know, we try to make sure we let everyone know that out of every dollar that they partner with us uh, to be able to love with the Jewish people, 10% uh, of that, a tithe off the top, goes to education, education in the church. And uh, the other 15% of it goes to administrative overhead, which is very typical mm -hmm. across the board at this particular point. And so 75 cents out of every dollar goes specifically to the project of which uh, uh, they may choose to partner with. I think it's very interesting that 10% uh, goes directly to educating the church. And how are you doing that? outside of coming to GLC and telling people, hey, this is what we're doing. <laughs> we do it in several different ways. One, uh, we're regularly in churches sharing. We'll come in, we do conferences, we do seminars. Uh, we have Israel Institute to where we bring uh, pastors and leaders as well as individuals over to there for three weeks. Is, uh, Wait a minute. Should, so. You actually bring pastors and leaders over there? We sure to do. Educate mm -hmm. them? I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, what's the best way to educate them concerning Israel but to bring them to the land? Because the Bible and the land of the Bible mm -hmm. is an educator itself. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why we tell people hey, you come to Israel, your Bible will turn from black and white to color. You know, so. I've been to Disneyland, it didn't change my life. <laughs> But every time I've gone to Israel, it has mm -hmm. changed my life. As many times as I've been to Disneyland, mm -hmm. it never changed my life. Mm -hmm. But it, Israel will do that. And I know that it will do that for other people. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you also mentioned that you go into churches. You mm -hmm. do seminars at where? All over the yeah, world? Yeah, we do seminars in the churches themselves. Okay. Or either we'll have uh, specific venues to where we'll have a conference. Right. Okay. Or uh, as well as we we speak in churches all the time, you know, as well home groups, anywhere we get the opportunity. We have a well, speakers bureau. Exactly. And if anyone in our listening audience would like to have one of us come to speak, just give us a mm -hmm. call or mm -hmm. or go to the website. Or if you would like to sponsor a conference at your church, we'd love to come because that would be really great. Actually, yeah. um, you guys were here at a church on Sunday. Yes. Mm -hmm. And. How does that work? Did they invite you or are you guys having to call every church in town and saying, hey, would you like us to come talk about Israel? We have a wonderful representative here in the middle of Odessa area. Her name is Jill Whitehead. She's she's here with us today. Um, in the audience. In the <laughs> audience. And so she attended the Institute last year right. in Israel. And so she called up this church. She knew the pastor and said, hey. we've got a Bridges for Peace person here. Uh, She'd love to come and tell your church about what Christians are doing in Israel to bless the Jewish people. Would you like her to come? And this pastor said, yes. So praise the Lord for pastors that are willing to open their doors to something maybe a little new, a little different. Um, but I got to speak for 20 minutes and share the love of, of Christians to the Jewish people and our projects in Israel. And it was, it was wonderful. For me, the best part was talking to people afterwards. They come to my table, I gave them my, our magazines, our teaching letters. They're able to connect uh, to Israel by filling out one of our connection cards. They'll get our dispatch magazines for six months for free, our teaching letters, and an opportunity to volunteer. So we're welcoming, welcoming people to apply to volunteer for short-term or long-term volunteer in Israel. 
you know, I'm not going to let you just gloss over like your teaching letters. Do you send out different things each month? And and the teaching letters that that come out of yeah. BFP are they're amazing. They're they amazing. really are. We've got a picture of our dispatch magazine mm -hmm. and our teaching letter. Um, if there's the dispatch magazine that comes out every other month, which is awesome. It's mm -hmm. full of good news about Zion. Right. So much bad bad news about Israel, but this and is all of them are actually as pretty as that one. Well, maybe not yeah. quite as pretty as that <laughs> yeah. one, but Shabbat flowers. Uh -huh. There's always a recipe in the back, a Middle Eastern West recipe. There's some archaeological discoveries. There's the real news of what's happening in Israel, and there's also the um, uh, incredible inventions, uh, research and development, and the way that the Israel is blessing the whole world. Now, see, this is one of the things that is is really important for people to understand. When God told Abraham that you're going to be a blessing to the whole world, when the best inventions, the best medical, the best everything are actually coming out of Israel from the Jewish people. Out of mm -hmm. little tiny Israel, the size exactly. of the state of New Jersey. Only God, 70 years that old. That is, it's, we should be rejoicing, right. and man, mm -hmm. we should be it's paying miraculous. attention to everything that's going on. The world should be saying. Exactly. Because this is, well, not only prophecy fulfilled that God spoke to Abraham, but we get to look at that and go, God's so faithful. Look at what he's doing through the Jewish people to literally bless the entire world, all the nations. That's, right. That's why we have a motto that says, why watch prophecy being fulfilled when you can be a part of it? That's right. You know, I don't think that there's been ever a time in history like there is now. Mm -hmm. Lots of really great things have happened throughout history, but we're seeing mm -hmm. We're seeing prophecy being fulfilled, mm -hmm. but we can choose to be a part mm -hmm. of prophecy mm -hmm. being fulfilled. Not everybody mm -hmm. can run GLC, not everybody can run BFP, but there's a lot of people who can actually volunteer either place. There's mm -hmm. people who can give either place. Right. It's wonderful stuff. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful opportunity that God has given only to this generation mm -hmm. to be able to be part of mm -hmm. this prophecy. Mm -hmm. Don't go away. I'll be right back with Melissa and Lenny after this break. Well, welcome back. I'm still here with Melissa and Lenny and having a great time talking about one of our passions, the land of Israel. Yeah? It Loving is it. definitely a passion. Okay, so you've been involved with BFP for 15 years. Mm -hmm. But you casually mentioned that you were a pastor in Dallas for 18 years. Mm -hmm. It's not really that common for pastors to love Israel unless they're educated a little bit. Mm -hmm. So how did you come to your understanding? Okay, let me give you the... It's not taught in seminary. I no, know that. it's not. Actually, I was pastoring in South Carolina, and uh, I was there. I was the associate pastor, Christian education director, youth pastor, taught in their school, all for the sake of being, quote, called to the ministry, right? And after about three and a half years, I realized, you know, I love the church. I love ministry. I said, but I just don't feel like I found my place. 
And so I decided I'd take a year and begin to pray and say, Lord, I know you've called us all to a particular place in ministry in the kingdom. I said, if you'll show me my place, then I promise you that I will not take any head of ministry going forward unless it's related to what you show me. And I began to listen coming to work uh, every morning to a, a place in Savannah, Georgia called Shalom Broadcasts. It was part of the actual International Christian Embassy uh, consulate office that they had at that particular time in the U.S. And she was talking about Jewish roots and Israel coming back to the land, the significance of that. And it just made so much sense to me. I just, she says, wow, why have we not heard this? It just brings everything together, you know. Mm -hmm. And so they ended up asking me to come over there and minister to them for uh, for a while. I was there for a year and I realized, you know, I'm here for them to minister to me, not for me to minister to them. And they sent me to Israel the first time. And so uh, I just was, they poured it into my heart. And when I came back from Israel, I uh, called and talked to a man named Mar Sheets. It was pastor in Hillcrest Church in uh, Dallas. And I said to him, you know, I'm feeling like the Lord is saying that I need to come sit under you. And uh, I just want you to tell me whether you're feeling an unction of the Holy Spirit on this. And he says, well, that's interesting. He says, well, let me fly you out here because I've got something going on. He flew me out. We sat down in his home. And he was starting this church and he, had, he grew it to a 5,000. Okay, But at this time it was only nine months old. And he said, Lenny what's your heart statement? And I said, that's interesting. I've never heard that phrase before. What do you mean by that? He says, I mean, if God would let you do anything for him in the kingdom, money would never, ever be an issue. What would it be? And I said, oh, well, that's easy. God has just poured Israel and the Jewish people in my heart. And I know whatever I do going forward will always be related to that. And he looked at me and he says, well, that's interesting. God has just given us seven and a half acres in the heart of the Dallas Jewish community, which is 60,000. And I know we're to have a bridge to them. I want you to move out here. I want you to sit under me. And I want you to build that bridge for us. That's how I got to Dallas. And then after I was there for about uh, uh, three years, he asked me if I would develop their missions uh, program. And so we did like an old wagon wheel. I felt like the Lord said, because uh, we received a tenth of all the, the income of the church that would come in that goes to missions. I felt the Lord said, take the first tenth of your tenth and put it on my people. And I said, okay. So that became the hub of our wheel. And then we took Acts 1-8 as our missions platform scripture. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, which is Israel and to the ends of the earth as the Holy Spirit leads, okay? And so the spokes became as the Holy Spirit leads. But we realized Israel was not an option, it was a mandate. You know, and so we put Israel first in our missions platform. And I felt like the Lord said, do a three-stranded cord concept to Israel. They're a called out nation, support them as a nation. Two, walk with the people. Three, Bless the brothers in the land to be able to go to them and talk to them nose to nose about Messiah. But you love them.
okay, because my church hasn't loved them. And so we supported the International Christian Embassy as our representative to the nation. We supported Bridges for Peace to walk with, as they were walking with the people, yod be yod, hand in hand, okay. And we supported a congregation in Tel Aviv uh, of, of believers, Jewish believers there. And so in that sense, we felt like we had a, a three-stranded cord that wasn't easily broken. And so I did that for 18 years in Dallas. And then the Lord released me. We supported Bridges the whole time. And so I knew them. They knew me. We had them there for conferences and everything strictly on Israel. Uh, taught two 13-week courses on Israel and the church. And what does it mean for Jesus to be Jewish? which became foundations uh, for the church there. And then came on staff full time with Bridges when uh, I came off of the staff there. So I've been with them ever since. So, so it was actually a radio program then that, that opened your eyes. A radio program that opened my eyes and uh, never looked back since then. You know, what's interesting about that is that I, that's why one of the reasons I know that the GLC is important. Yes. It's simply because, you know, if the church really understood, if all of the church understood, things would be a lot different mm -hmm. than they are. But all of the church doesn't understand. And pastors are not uh, exempt from the blocks that the sheep have. Sometimes they know the truth and they're afraid to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Most often, they simply don't know. It's a lack of knowledge. And I know that God creates everything. So I look at what God creates and what the devil distorts. He's really done that with television. Mm -hmm. In a big way, he's done it with radio. He's definitely done it with entertainment everything he he has he tries to destroy everything or he always uses it for wickedness but god's the one who created it because god is the one who knew this is how knowledge is going to be disseminated he actually invented the internet it wasn't al gore it was god <laughs> you know so television is just such a powerful medium yeah, exactly because you're you're seeing for the good people or for evil for good or for evil you're seeing them you're wanting to emulate them for good or for evil mm -hmm. right you're getting a whole different understanding mm -hmm. but there's a great responsibility that comes with that when you want to do things for the kingdom it means truth must be disseminated so that all truth that the enemy has distorted through the centuries, God makes a way in Amen. and the Holy Spirit can just minister truth mm -hmm. to people with the word and mm -hmm. with people who have come to an understanding. There's something powerful in a testimony of, I didn't get this before. But now I do mm -hmm. because it's actually humbling and people gain strength when they 
they see other people can admit they made mistakes. Mm -hmm. So I can admit I made a mistake mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, a lot of the churches will think also that you just want to turn us into Israel. You yes, know? you just want us to be a bunch of Jews. Right, yeah, right. We've heard and, that a lot. You know, we say, look, we're not wanting you to become Jewish wannabes. We don't even you know? want you to look like one. No, exactly. Realize that the church has a place. That's right. right. And you're valuable who you are and you've been called. But Israel has a place. Let Israel have their place. You know? And uh, I think part of the problem with that, Lenny, is that while the church hasn't really taught about Israel, the church really hasn't taught about its place, its function, what that parallel is supposed to look like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> what we have benefited from, the fullness that we have, why we have it. Mm -hmm. It's not just for our own sake. So I think I yeah, think well, really in that's the redemption story. Israel has a call, and the church has a call, and the church thinks has come to think there's just one call, you know. But no, God has two people again: a nation and a people, mm -hmm. you know. And so one of the first things we try to do when we get into a church is is share and try to teach and we, we try to be a service agency for the church. How can we help you help your people? That's right. right. You know, in things maybe that you don't have a, a, a good grasp of. Can we come in there and work with you to help you, you know? And so uh, we come in and the very first thing I'll do is, is share a message on understanding the call of Israel and the call of the church. What are they? How do they complement each other and bless each other? And how are they different? You know? So, and when pastors begin to see that, they just go, whoa. Exactly. You know I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge revelation. And that's why Paul says in Romans chapter 11, brothers, I wouldn't have you ignorant. Heard Derek Prince say, mm. I wouldn't have you ignorant. Brothers. Exactly. Okay? <laughs> I wouldn't have you ignorant concerning this mystery. Mm -hmm. You know? lest you become wise in your own conceit. Because we didn't go on to understand the mystery of why Israel missed him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we said we took the place mm -hmm. and therefore the church became conceited mm -hmm. and arrogant, exactly as Paul said. He says, and the reason why they didn't see him if was so we could come in. If you're ignorant about this, you're going to become conceited. Right. I don't want you to be ignorant about this. No. Mm -hmm. Lest you become wise in your own sea, mm -hmm. that a hardening in part, in not part. full, mm -hmm. but in part, has happened to Israel until, which is a time-oriented word, mm -hmm. until the fullness of the Gentiles can come in. Mm -hmm. In other words, they lost their place in line so we could come in. Right, and God did it. But they still it. will come back. Well, and now it's their day. You know, there's and this. And now it's their day. And God, now see, it's their God, day. God did that. He orchestrated that whole thing. He set them aside for a time mm -hmm. so that he could have mercy upon the Gentiles. Right. Because he's handed all people over to disobedience so he could have mercy on all. It was faithfulness well, you have to, to Israel. what's written in Psalms, though. Okay. And it's, it's a prophecy, but right. it is to 
Jesus himself. Right. Tell me what you want. I'll give you everybody. It was faithfulness Mm -hmm. to Israel, Mm -hmm. okay, because they had all the promises. That's right. It wasn't faithfulness to us. We didn't have covenant. We didn't have promises. We it was mercy to let us come in. We were completely left out of the picture. Exactly. Right. But then so. now, in this time, God has, has ordained for us to show mercy to the Jewish people. Exactly. And he says that in that very passage there, Romans chapter right. 11. All right. And so sure. this, is, this is a part of the work of Bridges mm-hmm. for Peace, is showing the mercy. Mercy to you. Christ, the love. Be mercy to them. The loving kindness of the so. Lord. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. Well, once you see it, it's, you can't see it any beautiful. other way. How many churches will you typically get to, like speaking in and present this truth of the the two working parallel together? If it was possible, could you be in one every single week? Uh, I don't know if we could get there every single yeah, week. Well, yeah, we could. Big. It's not that big, but it's it's changed over the years. It's transitioned a yeah. lot. I used to be an area coordinator. We used to have four area coordinators across the U.S. We became regional directors, but then we try to raise up so many reps, such as Jill, mm-hmm. and all over the country that can begin to work in their areas, set up meetings, set up. Uh, uh, seminars and everything and then we'll come in and do presentations and different things so you're actually a multiplier you train people because you can't be like exactly everywhere at one time exactly like god right so that's really good people want to find a place people want to find a place where they can feel like they're they're part of something they can they can find a purpose in 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 god's kingdom you know you made a comment earlier, right before you were, as you were sharing your story, of uh, asking the Lord, so what am I supposed to do? Because I, What's I my don't place? think, yeah, I don't think it's this. Everybody, and you mentioned the call of God on your life. What, what are you calling me to? What's my call? Because people will, will think that, well, their call is to be a pastor. That's all anybody can ever think of. Right. I never wanted to be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing is, is that God creates each one of us. He's the one who forms us in our mother's womb. He's the big tapestry weaver. So he knows how everything's going to work together. And he's like, mm, you know what, Melissa, this is what you're going to do. If you'll ask me mm-hmm. to lead you, mm-hmm. and I know you will, well, you're going to be working for Bridges for Peace. And let's see, I'll form him and they can work together on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we can, change, we can change the mindset of the church mm-hmm. for these 2,000 years mm-hmm. of erroneous thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can do this. Mm-hmm. We can do this. So, Melissa, I'm going to use you to, to change the mindset of the church. Tell them how they can help. You know, so it's like whenever you realize the call on your life, what's really incredible is that you begin to realize God actually put that there. I'm not even responsible for it. Mm -mm. I'm not even responsible for the things I've learned. Mm -hmm. I'm responsible to be obedient to him. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm responsible for because he'll tell me where I need to be. 
He'll tell me who I need to be talking to. He'll tell me what I need to be reading. It's always following him. You see what I mean? For by grace you're saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of man, lest any man should boast. That's right. By grace. And uh, speaking about that call, I think one way that I personally have found the call of God on my life is through praying for Israel. Because it's just a simple matter of obedience, Psalm 122, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's right. May those who love you prosper. That's right. And so we, we begin to just simply take him at his word and pray. So um, I'd like to tell you a little bit about our high prayer, pro prayer program. Mm -hmm. High is C-H-A-I. It means life or living in Hebrew. And um, so we have... Um, it's also the number 18. It's the number 18. We have prayer points uh, that come out on our website every Friday. So just before Shabbat starts. If you go to our website, www.bridgesforpeace.com, you can see news, current news happening every day. You'll see a news update. You'll see actually four or five news stories of what has just been happening in Israel. And then on Fridays, there'll be prayer points and scriptures attached to that news article so that you can pray with understanding. You can mm. pray with the Hebrew root is kavanah, from the heart. And so you can actually go to our website and request that those prayer points come to your inbox every Friday. And you can form your own high prayer group. We've got over a thousand people in the United mm -hmm. States who are praying for Israel. We've got uh, our, our second largest number of high people is in Japan. Japan is, uh, the Christians there are very pro, they're just very zealous for Zion in Japan. And so I, I encourage people to, um, if you don't know where to start with Israel, start by praying mm -hmm. for Israel. Go to our website and also on our website you can see all of our different projects and you can see how to give to our projects. Mm -hmm. Well, you have different projects that we haven't even talked about today. So let's cover some of those. Okay. All right. So Lenny, would you want to talk about the home repair? You you're yeah. talking about building relationships and that's one of our number one ways to do it. We, we have done, I'm trying to think exactly what the number is there for the number of home repairs we've done. But when they come back to the land, they have to find a place to live and it takes a while once they they get in established it we come in and, and for some of the, the the poor or the elderly their apartments need to be brought up to code okay or for example I'll, I'll, I'll share with you one story uh, it was an we were in a complex that had no uh, banisters you know for the handicapped to be able to come down and they didn't have elevators either. And we were up on the top floor and this one particularly elderly lady, she was a Holocaust survivor. Uh, she was up there and we were putting a banister on her stairways and helping give her uh, a way to be able to get out. And we were up updating her apartment as well to bring it up to code. And all week long, she never said a word to us, okay? And finally, on the last day that we were there, we came in and she had her entire table spread with all kinds of delicacies. They were fabulous. And she sat there and she says, this is for you. 
She says, because you have brought life to me. You've actually brought my God back to me. I have been in here for a year and have not been able to leave because I couldn't get out because I'm ailing and because I have to have a walker or I have to have a wheelchair you know, canes and there was nothing, no way for me to get out. Plus, I am a survivor. For so long, you know, I have just kind of looked away from God. She says, but you have shown me, God, and I just want to thank you. And she broke down crying. And <laughs> that, that just meant everything in the world, you know. And so through just home repair, and we've done way over, I think it's like 1,039 or something like that now since we began different homes. Volunteers from all over the world come in and will stay with us three months or six months or even maybe three weeks or something and will work with us in our home repair. And it's just amazing the response that we get from the people. And again, it's just building our integrity, building our relationships walking with them where they are and showing them that we love them not just telling them so you know i think that uh wow talk about walking a mile in so many shoes can you even imagine can you even imagine living in an apartment and you can't even get out of it you're trapped because there's no banisters mm -hmm. But I think uh, the volunteer thing is a really great way for men to be involved mm -hmm. with Bridges for Peace. Exactly. Doing things they like to do. Mm -hmm. yeah, you'd be surprised with a hammer, how many you women, can change the world. I learned that from Calvin and Hobbes. Enjoy it as well. We have so. two workshops, one in our Carmiel Center mm -hmm. up by the Lebanon border mm -hmm. and another one in our Jerusalem Assistance Center. And they are outfitted, aren't yes, they? Yes, they really They're are. They're very well outfitted so. with every tool. And God continues need. to bring us exactly the people we need at the right time, mm -hmm. you know, and one will complete their service time and leave and the right one will come right back in. So it's just, just amazing. Mm -hmm. so. Praise God. I'll tell you a little bit about our adoption program. Okay. We've got a couple of pictures of um, some of the families we adopt. Um, so uh, most of the people that we adopt, we uh, have sponsors, so a person can choose to sponsor a family or sponsor a, oh. um, an individual. Oh, these ones, this is, um, uh, uh, what's, this is um, Vladimir on the left and his wife Elena and their son Maxim and their daughter Eva. And um, they were in the former Soviet Union. They had a hard time being able to come to Israel, but our project rescue program uh, is where we send out scouts, we call them fishermen, who will go into the former Soviet Union and find these, these Jewish people who want to make Aliyah. They want to come back, they want to live in Israel, but they might not have uh, the ability to find proof of their Jewishness. Um, so we'll help them uh, find that. We'll, we'll help them get passports, exit visas, ground transportation. Uh, we'll help them in so many ways to be able to make their home in Israel. Let me also say, these fishers that she spoke of are actually pastors in the former Soviet Union countries that they cannot make a living just on pastoring, okay? 
And so we pay them a year's salary, which may be only be like $350, okay? But it enables them to pastor full time and also to work with Bridges to help gather the, uh, the Olim that wants to make Aliyah back to the land and to help work with us there and the soup kitchens and the elderly there. So uh, they're, they're able to function then as pastors as well as work with us in helping the Jewish people to get back to the land. And so. oftentimes it's dangerous work. That's what I was yes. going to say. Do mm -hmm. we want to be talking about that on TV? Mm -hmm. You know, right. it would be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And just to note about that family you saw up there, uh, Vladimir's grandfather survived the Holocaust, survived Stalin. Oh my so gosh. So now his offspring are living the dream and living in Israel. They're actually is the a miracle too. Age have. old hope of the Jewish people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, let me share with you one thing that I, I had the privilege to do while I was pastoring at Hillcrest Church in, uh, in I think it was, 1999 okay every pastor had to take a uh, after your seven years at Hillcrest as a pastor you had to take a three-month sabbatical half of it was to be R&R &R, half of it was to be spiritual renewal and so for spiritual renewal I asked the Lord I said I'd like to go uh, for a month and to be able to go in the former Soviet Union and help gather the Jewish people and sail with us when they were coming on the ships back and to sail with them to Israel and so Operation Exodus worked in Odessa. And so I went over there That's and worked for Odessa, them. That's not Odessa, Texas. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I worked with them for a month, helping Jewish people come from all over. We'd meet them at the train station, at the bus stations. We'd get them to a camp area. We'd uh, help orient them into what's going to be going on and everything. And there's where I saw Scripture prophecy is literal. Because it says that gen the Gentiles will carry you on their shoulders, mm -hmm. you know. Isaiah 49, Isaiah 49, right. And they'll take blind, the lame, the crippled, the pregnant, mm -hmm. the young child. We literally did that. Going up the ships, we'd carry them on stretchers. We'd carry babies. We'd help the elderly, the poor, the blind. And we floated with 270 families, Jewish families, from the Black Sea, okay, out of uh, uh, the port there, all the way through uh, Istanbul, and there was only one place that was a little testy, but uh, into the Mediterranean Sea, back to the land. And they would ask you, why are you here? Nobody wants to be with us. Why are you doing this? And uh, we were doing a little video went on there, and we just said, well, we're not everybody. We're here to show you a new era of Christian love and support because we've got a lot of history we need to tell you we're sorry for. But they came when they came into sight of the land coming into Haifa, you wouldn't believe, man, breaking down, crying and weeping and laughing and jumping and I shouting. It was unbelievable. But it just, boy, still my heart. That, that's probably one of the most wonderful times in all of ministry you that I have been involved in. You think you hear Christians so. breaking out in cheers on the plane. I just, I can't mm. even imagine that. Mm. Melissa, why do they call it the adoption program though? Thank you for asking that. The adoption program allows somebody to actually adopt or sponsor a family, 
a student, a Holocaust survivor. And a lone uh, soldier, even. Uh, even a lone soldier, <laughs> right, who's coming by themselves and their family is not in Israel. And uh, that person, that donor, will get a picture and a profile of that person or that family, be able to pray for them, be able to send birthday gifts, and then that person will also respond back to you as the donor. Wow. So you actually be able to build a personal relationship yourself with the Jewish people and wow. to be praying for them. So you can sponsor uh, through the adoption program an individual or a family. I think it's $65 a month. We need several um, adoptive uh, donors for each person or family because it's so expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, you could also adopt a town. I mentioned that we uh, have sponsored 18 towns from the Galilee to mm -hmm. the Negev. Mm -hmm. So that's about $150 to adopt a town. Why every would... Month. I'm sorry, but why would, why would a family coming in to Israel, like, like that family we saw there, uh -huh. why do they need someone to adopt them? Mm -hmm. That's an excellent question. Some of them have literally nothing but the, the clothes off their backs. Maybe two cases coming into the land. Right, right. And so they're going to need some very special help. They're going to need um, our monthly food um, mm -hmm. parcels. They're going to need emotional assistance, just mm -hmm. the love and the encouragement. Um, they're going to need finances for special needs, maybe for tuition. Um, they might need bus passes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, transportation. And what, what happens when, okay, so you bring in uh -huh. somebody in from Russia, for example, uh -huh. but I'm um, pretty sure that Russian is spoken in Israel, but it's not the language. That would be Hebrew. Everybody has to learn Hebrew fluently in order to get a job. Right. So, so you'll have Jewish people who are coming from the nations that might be doctors or lawyers or, or high, highly professional mm -hmm. people. Scientists, yeah. But they have to learn Hebrew before they can become certified and take the tests in Israel. A functioning so, part of society. Actually, right. I'd like, to, I'd like to, to read you a letter from one of our okay. adoptive men. I don't know, Corey, if you can find the picture of the man cooking. His name is... Um, Menachem. There he there is. He is. <laughs> <laughs> so he was one of our adoptive uh, people, an immigrant. This is what he says. Dear sponsors, I'm now finishing my biophysics degree. And thanks to Bridges for Peace sponsors, I have been able to make it this far. Pursuing a higher education is challenging for most students, especially when you are in a foreign country without your family there to help meet your basic needs. This journey hasn't been easy, and I can't stress enough how much pressure was taken off my plate with the food packages, the transportation vouchers, and the financial help with tuition. Watching the news, I can see that the world isn't the most welcoming place, but you reminded me to look for the good in the world. I will always remember the assistance I received from you when I needed it, and I plan on passing it forward when I'm in the position to help out someone in need. By doing this, your act of giving will live on and the world will be a better place. I am attaching a photo of myself, which was taken at a cook cooking class <laughs> I participated in recently. Wishing you peace, happiness, and prosperity to you and your family. And may you always have the means to be on the giving end. With much love, Menachem. You know, when you think about that, here you have a Jewish person coming from somewhere else in the world, making Aliyah. 
because God is the one who puts it in their heart to call them back mm -hmm. to the land. That's right. He, the Bible said he whistles for them. Mm -hmm. and you know, also he, he made mention there that uh, by this, the world will be a better place because that's what the Jewish people understand their call from God is. That's that right. When they die, they will have made the world a better place. And so if the world realizes everything we're receiving from the Jewish people, everything there, the acclaims and awards and all that is to enable the world, you the world, to be a better place. A very high to value help you. Exactly. And so that's why they are so giving, so f philanthropic. Yeah. Uh, this is their call. Life. Right. It's part of the call of the nation. But when you look at what they're doing, they're making Aliyah just because God is calling them back. And they know it's going to be difficult. They know they're, they don't speak the language. Mm -hmm. They know that a lot of things are going to have to happen once they get there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they, they come. Don't, they don't all make it. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes they come with their family, mm -hmm. which can be like more mouths to feed. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they come alone. And I just wonder how shocking it is to them to get there, mm -hmm. to know I'm not going to make it. So many challenges. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And then all of a sudden there's this Christian group, a yep. Christian group. Yep that actually helps them right. to succeed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and become mm -hmm. everything that they wanted mm -hmm, to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like you're doing everything for them, mm -hmm. but you know, sometimes it just takes a little, right. little bit mm -hmm. to either knock you in the hole yep. or to give you mm -hmm. just enough of the lift that you need. Right. To be able to do what right, what and you we want have to do. A, a new uh, immigrant welcome fund. Yay. We've got a couple pictures of blankets that we give out, pots and pans, that kitchen utensils. So you don't think about mm. that. Wow, I'm moving to a new land. I need a blanket yeah. and some pots right. and pans. They can't pack yeah. that with them in their suitcases. Yeah. And so just those gifts. Oh, those are beautiful make blankets. Make a huge difference. Books. And they get the Hebrew scriptures. And they get them in <gasps> Russian, Hebrew. Spanish, whatever is needed. Wow. And pots and pans. Yeah, and we give out Bibles. Mm -hmm. I forget how many we gave out last year. It's like, I forget how many it was. But also we have a project called Tikva, Project okay. Hope, okay, for the elderly and the poor that can't leave the former Soviet Union nations, okay? And we provide for them so they, I forget how, by soup kitchens. We also provide for them blankets, fans, and what they need, as well as pharmaceutical medicine for their needs there where they are in the land if they can't come back in. So that's where we use the fishers as well to be able to provide for them. So, so why don't you tell about the, the Feed a Child program? Yeah, so. we have a Feed a Child program where we have 400 children in Bet Shemesh and in Carmiel up in the north that and we Jerusalem. and in Jerusalem right to where we feed them uh, lunches every day in their schools it's in 10 different schools and what we found out is that basically the Ethiopians that are there that was flown out of uh, Ethiopia 
uh, in Operation Solomon and Operation Moses, I think was what it was called. But they're very poor and we give money to the schools so that they can have lunches. But one of the teachers came to us, one of the principals of the school and said, would you please let us take some of the funds that you're given to us uh, for their lunches and be able to buy, especially for the Ethiopian children, uh, a biscuit for breakfast. Because what we're finding is they're coming in, they have no breakfast, okay? They get a lunch, but all morning long they're sitting there sleeping. They're just so groggy, they can't pay attention, and their, their schooling is really, really waning. Would you let us do that? And we said, no, you cannot take it out of the money that we gave to you. We will give you what you need to add biscuits for breakfast. And so they've been providing them breakfasts now, and they've came back and told us how these kids are excelling like crazy in their school. They're becoming some of the tops in their classes, all because they're getting food, and they have the energy, and now the initiative to really kind of go on. So uh, It's amazing how you can't think or study when your stomach's growling, no, exactly. right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Bridges for peace is so important. I want to clarify something, though, because you were talking about uh, it was the Tikva program, the HOPE program. Mm -hmm. That's the one where you're actually sending stuff to people who can't come to Israel. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're stuck wherever they are. Right. They're, they're poor, they're elderly, or they just, for some reason, aren't willing to come mm -hmm. to Israel. They're not willing or able, and so we have soup kitchens where we're feeding them in the former Soviet. And I think we've got nine soup kitchens mm -hmm. uh, feeding thousands and thousands of meals. Right. Wow. The Jewish as, well, as well as medical needs. And heaters they've got their in the winter Heaters time. for the winter. And mm -hmm. so. Well, and what people need to realize why that is so important is it's hard to live in America and understand hopelessness that others mm -hmm. feel. Mm -hmm. When you're in such a blessed mm -hmm. nation, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've heard that even the, the poorest of, um, in America are far wealthier than yeah. people that are rich in our middle class in um, mm -hmm. Europe, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking at what's going on. We see anti-Semitism rising so much in America. If you're paying any attention, you realize it's rising everywhere. So what would it be like in a nation who does not, as America does, declare themselves a Christian nation, mm -hmm. the former Soviet Union, mm -hmm. and you have a history of being not very nice to people, being very anti-Semitic. Mm -hmm. The anti-Semitism is still going on there. Mm -hmm. It's growing. It's growing. It's getting worse. In Europe, all over Europe. That's well. right. So mm -hmm. how, how important is it now for there to be a Christian presence reaching out to the Jewish community in those areas where they've suffered decades, mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. much longer, mm -hmm. of uh, 
unwarranted you bias. Know, a lot of those have family members that have made Aliyah. Right. right. And that we help them to get out. Right. Sometimes it's the younger pe people who make Aliyah first. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Parents mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or even some of the young people won't go and their parents go and then later on they'll go ahead and come out. Mm -hmm. You know, and so because we're there still helping them as well, you know, it's it just helps bring everything out. So I'd like us to talk a little bit about the Zealous program. With those young kids? Yes. yes. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, it we really have, we is. We have a uh, video of that. We have a video of Zealous, yeah. Okay. Let's, let, should we go ahead and play that? Oh, and yeah, let's check it out. It. I really felt it was going to be a year of um, discovery and learning, so I came to Israel and the Zealous Israel Project with that expectation. What I wasn't prepared for was just how much God was going to reveal to me about Himself. I joined the Zealous Israel Project because I wanted to be a part of raising up the next generation to seek, serve, and desire God's heart. I, I really just wanted a more authentic relationship with the Lord. Scripture calls Jerusalem the furnace, and so when I got here, it just shook me you know, at the core. I hadn't heard about the Zealous Israel Project, so I really didn't know what to expect. I knew it meant dropping everything and going to live and serve with people much younger than me. So that was quite challenging. God really had to impress it upon my heart strongly in order for me to step out in faith. Zealous to me um, stood for something that is really at the heart of discipleship. You know, when I started to share my struggles, uh, nobody was as like afraid of it as I was. Zealous comes around you and it says, we understand what you're going through. So we're gonna provide you community. These people are gonna become like family to you. We're going to help you in every way we can. The Zealous Israel Project is a servant-based discipleship program committed to serve for one year with Bridges for Peace. We work Monday to Friday at the food bank or headquarters in Jerusalem. Everyone serves in different departments according to their own gifting and capabilities. The coolest thing I've really experienced here has been the connection that I've had with the other participants. Um, but not just that, the Bridges for Peace team as a whole. So not just the young people, but the entire Bridges for Peace team. They're so willing to speak into your life. The thing that's unique about the Zealous Israel Project is that not only we get to serve in a consistent work environment, but we also get to go out on excursions every month where we get to explore Israel in more depth than we would on a tour. We get to stand and walk through the places where biblical events took place. Every time I ask myself the question, is it worth it? Uh, I just hear the Holy Spirit screaming, yeah. The Zealous Israel Project focuses on connecting young adults' heart to God's heart for Israel, giving young adults the opportunity to experience the truth about Israel for themselves. He doesn't leave us the same. He changes us. Come and join this incredible journey of a lifetime. You know... I know you guys are real, realizing the same thing that is that I'm realizing. And that is, it's one thing for our generation to know these things, but it's crucial that we give that understanding to the generations behind us. Because if we don't do that, then what have we done? Mm -hmm. Nothing. Then who will fill their mind? 
That's right. Someone will with something. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, we've already witnessed that in, in our, even in our nation. And it goes right back straight to even Hitler, you know. Uh, look what he did with the kids. Okay, so well, no, I want to point something out. When we're talking about your specific program, Zealous Over Zion, mm -hmm. you're talking about Hitler. And the Hitler youth was a huge thing. They would so indoctrinate those children that those children mm -hmm. were ratting off their parents. Exactly. And their parents were getting killed because of it. Right? Okay, so... Then you look at Hamas and you look at the little indoctrination camps. Their summer camps mm -hmm. are just fabulous. They're all dressed up like little terrorists mm. and they're learning little terrorist tactics mm. and this and that. Scripture is really, really clear about training up your children teaching them mm -hmm. when you get up, when you sit down, when you eat, when you walk. Every minute of every day, you're supposed to be teaching them and training them. So we're, we kind of dropped the ball on that because we got busy. Mm -hmm. we've, we've, let the, we've given it to the school system to raise our kids. And then we've given it to the church and said, you raise our kids. And, you tell them. And it's not the church's it's responsibility. The and it is not the school's responsibility. I don't know why people are so quick to shirk their responsibilities about things. I don't, maybe it's not that they're shirking their responsibilities or rather they're convinced that um, someone else could do a better job. The church could do a better job teaching my children. The schools could do a better job educating my children. And so we just turn that over and not think about it. But now here we are, we're talking about one of the single most important things, our connection as the church to the land of Israel and to the mm -hmm. people of Israel. Well, we know firsthand that the church hasn't been teaching that because the, the church, as we discussed a little while ago, um, somehow that got ixnated out of what mm -hmm. we were taught. Mm -hmm. We didn't have an understanding. So if, if we didn't know, how could we teach our kids so what is this Zealous for Zion program with these young kids? And what do we do to, to make sure that kids are being a part of that? And how are you indoctrinating the kids? <laughs> well, this is for young adults ages 18 to 30. And we have two programs. One you just saw in the video was the Zealous Israel Project, where it's a 12-month internship. And 10 uh, young people from around the world are chosen every year. It completely changes their life. I was with several of them on this last trip to Israel, and they were truly zealous for Zion. Not only that, but they were happy to tell me their personal testimony of how their life was changed, how they had been going in a certain direction. And then after uh, so many months of being in Israel, they were completely, completely adhering to God's will for their life and not just saying, this is what I want to do. But Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And, and just becoming mm -hmm. so much more enriched with relationships mm -hmm. with others from around the world, from Japan and from Russia and uh, from South Africa, the United States and New Zealand. And so they have just a, a, a tremendous experience. 
uh, on the Zealous Israel Project. But then we've got the Call to Zion Tour, and that's every year in July for 10 days. And uh, young people from all over the world, again, come together for a tour that will change their lives. So we've got two programs. If you, if you can't do the one, then maybe you can do that. Maybe you can sponsor your grandchild to go to Israel. Okay, so you said that the Zealous for Zion program, 18 to 30-year-olds, but you only choose 10? It's a 10 because it's an internship. And so this is how many that we've chosen, like Jesus, with his 12 disciples, right. to become disciples to really... And we take them in there for... To really uh, sow into How are they lives. chosen for that? They're chosen uh, through an application process. So a person would go on to www.bridgesforpeace.com and go to the Zealous website. Okay. And there you can read all about it. You can see the videos and you can get an application. And so that person will have to have a recommendation by their pastor and they'll have to have certain things, you know, that will qualify them to show that this is a, a person who is serious about being able to come to Israel and spend a whole year What do they working. do with them while they're there? They, that year. they work in whatever um, gifts and skills that that individual person has. So they'll they'll do an intake and they'll find out is this a computer person or is this a, a person who will work in staff development, working with people? Is this a person who uh, would work in in the food bank? So uh, they'll work in all sectors of Bridges for Peace. And what we found in our international headquarters is that these young people breathe life back into every single one of our programs mm -hmm. with their enthusiasm and, and with the life. And oh. now our, our international office, uh, you know, we've been praying for this and working toward this for several, several, several years now. I kept saying, Lord, you know, when are you going to raise up uh, the next generation here to be able to take hold of the leadership and, and to keep bridges going, you know? And that was the one of the things I saw while we were there for the senior leaders in Jerusalem prayer breakfast. Is I looked through and I said, man, would you look at this? So many young people in pivotal roles and in leadership. Right. And they are just as sharp as they can be. And they really have the heart and the calling, the focus and the purpose in their life. And it begins with the zealous tour and them coming in, it's almost like what Israel does with their kids as soon as they're out of high school, they go right straight into the military, mm -hmm. okay? The military matures them, and when they come out, they have focus, and then they go to university. Right. They have purpose, you know? And this is putting what is important and showing them Israel's place and God's word and focus in their life and they're getting established and now they're coming back and we hope to get them involved in our rep program here in the states as well as if they're on campuses then on their campus involvement mm -hmm. and so which is super duper exactly. important oh yeah, yeah. because that's where uh, there's the lines a lot are being of, taken. Yeah, a lot of anti-Semitism building on, on the campuses, mm -hmm. a lot of and false a lot information. Of because a lot of a lot our of departments mm -hmm. have been purchased mm -hmm. from uh, overseas. But another thing that's really important about the, the youth getting this internship or even just to go on a tour over there, they see the world from a completely different perspective mm -hmm. than someone 10, 15, especially 
20 years or more older than them because of the world that they've seen. Mm -hmm. Their perception is completely different. So they will have ideas about things that can impact the other people in their own generation and Mm -hmm. even in the generations that follow them that we can't we can't impact Mm -hmm. so it's really important to get behind a work like that Mm -hmm. where we're helping to build the leaders Mm -hmm. to impact their own generation Mm -hmm. critically important it's critical Mm -hmm. it really is Mm -hmm. so does bfp pick up the tab on that or what do they do Bridges for Peace does not uh, pick up the whole tab, but they certainly uh, subsidize quite a bit. Of, I think it's only about $6,000 for the whole year wow. for a young person to be able to. So they have to pay for their flights to and from. Right. Um, but as far as um, their lodging and their transportation, $6,000 for a whole year is very doable, especially and if you have very, sponsors. And it's very, very, super cheap for being in Israel <laughs> for yes. a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Of so. course, we have the, the apartments and the complexes and everything that we have found and worked with the land, uh, landlords and everything to get a place them. to accommodate them. Exactly. You know, I'm so. thinking about a subject we talked about a little while ago of the incendiary balloons that are being flown over yeah. mm-hmm. and about the rockets. And well, we haven't mentioned those, but they're still sending lots of rockets to Israel. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. How important is it that you have these young people? We know we never hear anything about this on typical news media. You don't, unless you're paying attention to certain things, you are not going to know what mm-hmm. is going on. Mm-hmm. All of we the- take them all over the land to where these things are going on right. so they can see it firsthand. Thank you. They are educated by uh, the military that escorts us mm-hmm. all along the ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are taught through the Israel Institute that they must go through while they're there, as well as all of their training from the media to the, to the political scene, to the religious orthodox, uh, through the military. Uh, so in every way and in every uh, different organization that we can to give it a full rounded approach. Also from the Palestinian side, also from the Jewish community side. So, uh, See, I think it's really important that they they um, get a firsthand look, mm-hmm. not just being told, but a firsthand look at what Israel is up against mm-hmm. and what the Palestinian people at large are up against because they're under the rule of the Palestinian Authority. They're under the rule mm-hmm. of Hamas. These are not good people ruling no. over them. They're mm-hmm. wicked to them. And They're pawns in the leader's yeah, hands. So if you're if you're going to have uh, somebody who comes back to America and goes on campus, they're going to have to be able to stand against the BDS movement, mm-hmm. not to mention the anti-Semitism. But and they're going to they're going to have firsthand knowledge after being over there of what's actually taking place that they're going to be able to share with their with their friends. So super important program. We're already in less than a minute. I can't believe it. What a a fast two hours. I'm how did that happen? I'm I'm so not shocked, though. It's been great. It has been so great. It was great to get to meet you, Lenny. Wait, just one second. We've got 30 seconds. You mentioned that this is Bridges for Peace 50th anniversary this year. 
Mm -hmm. Right? Well, it was our 50th anniversary a couple of years ago. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, this, okay. but that was one of the videos that uh, we had mentioned. So, so we fun. just want to encourage everybody uh -huh. to either support you or, mm -hmm. or like our volunteer, Jill, used to do for us. Now she volunteers only for Bridges for Peace because she <laughs> fell in love with it. So you know what? They need volunteers. You'll love whatever they get you involved in. I know that. Thank you for joining us. You guys come back and see us again because this was just love terrific. To, just you. terrific. You're the Thank best. Thank you so much. We just love what you're doing. We love you. Thank you. We'll see you next time. <laughs>